everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Indians are playing their final series of the regular season against the Chicago White Sox. Good show lined up for you as always this week. And coming up, we will visit with Indians pitchers Carlos Carrasco and Andrew Miller, who talks about getting ready for October. You know, you can't take it for granted. Anything can happen in the playoffs. I think we proved that last year. You know, we uh, want to go out there and want to get back to the World Series. We want to win one more game in the World Series. Plus, a couple of members of the Indians coaching staff, Brad Mills and Ty Van Berkley, who talks about what they like about their club heading into the postseason. That confidence just kind of carries through, and, you know, they bring it up there to the offense. And you can tell those guys are really confident up there when, and know what they're doing. James Harris will join us for the weekly Farm Report, and we will take a look back at the Week in Review, which featured a milestone win for the Tribe. Swung on, fly ball, fairly deep left center, Allen's over, under it, makes the catch, ball game! Win number 100! Just the third time in franchise history that the Indians reach the century mark in victories. That's all coming up as Tribe Talk gets rolling on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Indians with their final home series of the regular season as uh, they will begin postseason play next week. But first, a series with the White Sox here to close out the regular season. And taking a look back at our week in review after an off day on Monday, the Indians took on the Minnesota Twins on Tuesday night, and the Twins came away with an 8-6 to win in the series opener. But the Tribe got back on track Wednesday night with a 4-2 to victory over the Twins as Edwin Encarnacion got it going early in the first inning. Now the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a broken bat flare into center base hit. Ramirez hits third. He'll score easily. So Edwin Encarnacion with a broken bat RBI single to center. And the Indians have a 1-0 lead. And Encarnacion has had five RBIs already in this series. Number 104 on the year for Encarnacion. And that shattered bat becomes a hero. In the fourth inning, Jan Gomes was hit by a pitch with the bases loaded to make it 2-0. Another Tribe run would score in the fifth on a Twins error. And then in the sixth inning, Gomes went deep. The pitch to Gomes. He socks it high. He hits it deep to left. He hits it into the bleachers. Jan Gomes gives the Indians a 4-0 lead on a towering home run to the bleachers and left. That's number 14 for Gomes. And he has two RBIs tonight. Seems like Gomes and Perez take turns getting hot. Meanwhile, Danny Salazar was making his final start of the regular season, and he was outstanding. Here comes the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Got him with that split change again. Boy, that has been a great pitch for Salazar tonight. Nine strikeouts for Danny Salazar. And here comes Terry Francona. That'll be it. As he's up over 60 pitches. Danny Salazar was tremendous tonight. 
And he should get a nice hand from these fans here at Progressive Field as he heads to the dugout. A standing O behind the Indians dugout. Well, if he was looking to make it difficult in terms of a decision for next week and postseason, he has done just that by pitching extremely well here tonight. And Andrew Miller showed that he's ready for October baseball. Indians with a 4-0 lead in the seventh. They've shut the Twins down on two hits. A Twins team that has averaged nine runs a game in winning their last five straight. The 1-2 pitch. Strike three called. Andrew Miller's back, folks. Back-to-back outings here tonight, and he just dominated. Minnesota even better tonight than last night. Man, you talk about a big boost for this ball club heading into October. Stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. It is Cleveland 4, Minnesota nothing. All part of a 4-2 tribe victory over the Twins on Wednesday. Thursday, it was an afternoon tilt for the tribe as the Indians were looking for win number 100 on the season. This one was scoreless until the sixth inning. That's when Jason Kipnis unloaded. Now the set by Hildenberger. The pitch. Kipnis with a drive. Deep right field. Down the line. Gone. And Jason Kipnis hits his first home run since coming off the DL. And oh, did he put a charge into that baby. Two-nothing Indians. Number 12 for Jason Kipnis, giving him 35 RBIs. Then in the seventh, it was Roberto Perez coming through. Buzanitz is ready, the pitch. Swung on, blasted. Deep right field. This ball is gone! There's a game-breaker, and Roberto Perez... Breaks an 0-for-17 skid with a two-run homer the other way. 4 nothing Indians, number 8 for Roberto Perez. And in the 8th inning, Jay Bruce continued the home run barrage. Here's the payoff pitch. Swung on and hammered. Deep right field. Away, back, gone. Five-nothing Indians, a new career high, 35 home runs for Jay Bruce. That might be the trade of a lifetime for the Indians. Although you, you felt that way and you still do last year when they got Andrew Miller. But wow, what an addition Jay Bruce has been in 2017. And meanwhile, from start to finish, almost, Carlos Carrasco was dominant in his final tune-up before postseason. Carrasco has the sign from Perez. He sets, he fires. A swing and a miss! That is strikeout number 11. Matching a season high for Carlos Carrasco. He strikes out the side. Now the 1-2 pitch. Strike three, called, pounded the inside corner with another heater. 13 strikeouts for Carrasco. The only thing between six consecutive twins striking out 
is the base hit. Robbie Grossman had in between all of it. Carlos Carrasco, he's ready. Now the payoff pitch, and Vargas, strike three called, locked him up with a heater. 14 strikeouts for Carrasco. And he will not get a chance for a complete game today. I think Terry Francona wants him to get this ovation. This crowd is already uproaring for Carrasco. Eight and a third shutout innings. He taps Tito on the arm. Tito gives him the baseball. Here comes Carrasco. What a job by the right-hander. Eight and a third shutout dominant innings. His second best game ever in strikeouts with 14. And Nick Goody was on in the ninth to finish up win number 100 on the season for the Tribe. The next offering, swung on, fly ball, fairly deep left center, Allen's over, under it, makes the catch, ball game. Win number 100. Just the third time in franchise history that the Indians reach the century mark in victories. Today, the Indians knock off the Minnesota Twins 5-2, to two, and the Indians' magic number for clinching the number one seed in the American League playoffs is down to two. Friday night, the White Sox came to town, and it was all tribe. Tom Hamilton was joined in the booth by new Ohio State head basketball coach Chris Holtman for the second inning, and wouldn't you know it, the Indians' offense put on a show for our Buckeyes guest, beginning with Austin Jackson. Now the pitch swung on. Bang back up the middle base. hit center field. Kipnis around third will score. Stopping at second is Perez. And like a great point guard with a shot clock running down, Austin Jackson delivers an RBI single to center. And the Indians with a 1-0 lead. The next batter was Jose Ramirez. Now the 2-1 pitch. Swung on, lifted in the air, fairly deep left down. Now to go back, reaches up, can't make the catch. Ball short, hops the wall. That'll score Perez. Here comes Jackson, throw to the plate. He's in standing. And a two-out, two-run double to left center. Jose Ramirez has come through again. Double number 55. And RBIs 82 and 83. And the Indians with back-to-back two-out hits, have scored three. Coach, we may have to keep you here through the playoffs <laughs> if this is what's going to happen. I will come back anytime. The Tribe made it 4 nothing on a White Sox error, and then Jay Bruce went deep. Now the 3-2 offering once again to Jay Bruce. He swings and drives one high and deep to center. Angle oh on the run, looking up, oh. gone! <laughs> Wind or no wind, cool temperatures or not, Jay Bruce scales the 19-foot wall just to the left of center. Now a career-high 36 home runs for Jay Bruce, giving him now 99 RBIs on the year, six-run second inning for the Indians. And it was on to the third where the Indians went right back to work, starting with Yandy Diaz. 
Yandy Diaz swings, lines one into right center. That's a base hit. Falling down in center is Engel. Ball gets away from him. Into second, head first slide is Diaz. Into scores, Kipnis. 7-0 Indians. The center fielder, Engel, fell down as he was about to pick it up. That was going to be just a single, but he fell down. The feet went right out from under him. And it's going to be ruled a double, and that's an RBI for Yandy Diaz. Then it was Edwin Encarnacion continuing to pile up the RBIs. Now the 2-2. Swung on, drilled up the alley in right center. This will clear the bases. It'll take one hop and go up against the wall. Encarnacion's in with a double. Diaz, Jackson, and Ramirez all score. It's a 10-0 Indians lead. And Edwin Encarnacion has his 20th double, and he has 107 runs batted in. And the Indians have scored nine runs tonight with two men out. Wow. And on the mound, just like Salazar and Carrasco the previous two nights, Trevor Bauer was lights out in his final start. The pitch swing and a miss, struck him out. So Bauer... Gets his seventh strikeout. So Trevor Bowers going to be 17-9 going into the playoffs. Mm-mm-mm. And Trevor Bauer, since the All-Star break, has been about as good as anybody in the game. And the Indians win it by a 10-1 final score over the White Sox. And it's on to weekend play now for the Tribe as they'll host Chicago Saturday night at 7-10 and close out the regular season Sunday afternoon at 3.05. Stay with us when we return. It's more of Tribe Talk right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network as we'll visit with a pair of Indians pitchers, Andrew Miller and Carlos Carrasco. That's next, right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Five to four Indians. Twins at the corners, two down, seventh inning. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Slider got him. So Andrew Miller... Strikes out the side and didn't have to make a lot of pitches in the process. And he really looked sharp. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Well, so much of this final homestand of the season for the Indians has been putting themselves in position, both starting pitching-wise and bullpen-wise, to have success in postseason play, which starts next week. And a big key for the bullpen has been the return of Andrew Miller, who missed significant time in the season's second half with a knee injury. But he has come back and come back strong for the Indians. And we caught up with Miller earlier this week, and he says, so far, so good, right where he would like to be in regards to his comeback. Yeah, I feel good. I feel like I, uh, I'm glad I got the time that I did to, to work out the kinks and, uh, and get going. And, you know, the team's playing really well, so it's nice to, to slide into a team that's doing a good job. And, I feel like uh, you know the, the necessary amount of appearances will be there for me, and, and I'll be you know hopefully sharp and ready to go. Are there still some differences from where you'd like to be that, that you can grow a little bit yet? And you know we can always be better, and uh, you know especially personally, I feel like I uh, I have room to improve at all times. But yeah, especially right now, I think I can you know improve my command, and I can improve my stuff a little bit, and I uh, I'm excited about that. I feel like it's always a, a positive that you know I feel like I can be better. 
Toughest challenge when you were out in terms of trying to get back? Were there some times where it just wasn't moving quick enough for your liking and, and it was frustrating at times? Uh, I mean, I think the, the rehab process went you know pretty well the second time around. And you know, ultimately, it's not fun to miss games. I want to be a part of this team, especially when they're winning like they were. But ultimately, I feel like uh, you know it, it was a process that was necessary and it went you know as planned. So uh, I've got no complaints on that end and you know, ready to go out and, and, and you know, help this team win some games. I know each year is different, but you were here a year ago and things went really well. Some similarities in, in your mind that, that you're seeing right now? Yeah, you hope so. I think uh, you know it, it, you can't take it for granted. Anything can happen in the playoffs. I think we proved that last year. And you know we uh, want to go out there and want to get back to the World Series. We want to win one, one more game in the World Series. But you know you're going to play good teams. You know we're going to see one this series right here. But you know ultimately whoever you play at that point of the year is going to be really good. And you played well enough where you have some some room after clinching to get some things done. Uh, what's the biggest key, you think, this week on the final homestand to make sure the team's ready to go for postseason? Yeah, I think the guys that are locked in, you keep them healthy, and, and everybody else you try to get in as good a shape as possible. And that's, you know, I'm in the, the latter group of that. I'm trying to sharpen up and, and get ready to go. But, you know, ultimately I think everybody's trying to, you know, personally take care of themselves, whether that's a health thing or whether that's a performance thing is different for everybody. All right, Andrew, thanks. Thank you. That's Indians reliever Andrew Miller, who certainly looks sharp here in the season's final week as he prepares for postseason. Also sharp for the Tribe, Carlos Carrasco, who made his final start on Thursday afternoon of the regular season and won his career-best 18th game. He's well over 200 strikeouts, and he reached the 200-inning mark on the season in his game on Thursday. When we had a chance to visit with Carlos Carrasco, we asked him what's been the key the last couple of months in turning a good season into a great one. I think, uh, like I said yesterday, my routine, the way uh, I work, um, I think is uh, that's the big difference right there, consistent every day, even in my bullpen, my throwing program. I think, um, I can't forget that too, we have a great uh, teammate, a different so every time, every time when I get behind, kind of one or two runs, so they always respond bad. They always there, but I think the key was, you know, the consistent, the, the way that I work, and that the way that I follow uh, the rest of the guy too, like Bluber, Tomlin, Salazar, Bauer, Clevenger. I think that helped uh, that too. It always seems easy to talk about the good starts, which you've had mostly throughout the season, but it seems like you've done a real good job learning from starts that don't go so well. And, and how important can that be, and, and what allows you to do that? Actually, I'm learning uh, this year. I think the one uh, in Boston, I think I only went uh, one in and two-thirds, something like that. Then I learned from there. I can hunt, and I think we play at Boston again, and I got uh, like six run and six in, something like that. I think uh, when you made the, the wrong pitcher, uh, uh, the wrong guy, so they're always going to get there. So some guy throw, uh, shoot and throw some curveball and throw fastball and way back and forth. So I just learned from there. And I just talked to one of my teammates, uh, uh, Mickey Galloway, and uh, he told me, hey, you didn't pitch bad, but sometimes you made the right pitcher for them, not for you. So that they cost you maybe two or three or four runs, and uh, he was, he was uh, the true. And uh, I went from there to the bullpen, just trying to figure out how I can pitch better, and just watch Glover the way he did. And uh, I think my last 10, 10 games, I won nine games. So that's that's the result right there. 
Carlos Carrasco joining us. You reached the 200-inning plateau yesterday, and, and there's a lot of great numbers across the board for you, wins, strikeouts, things like that. Why do the innings pitch, to, why does that matter so much uh, to you and really a lot of starting pitchers out there? You know what, for, for a starting pitcher, they want to get 200 innings, 200 strikeouts, 14, 15-plus uh, wins. But uh, I'm glad I get there. But I think the more important, just give it the team opportunity to win some game. And uh, actually, we won the 100 uh, game yesterday. The numbers, the numbers there. But I'm really, I don't care about the numbers. I just care about win, uh, be with my teammates. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You never know what you can decide that day, if you want to win or lose. No matter what, just go over there and do your job and uh, just give it opportunity the team to win some games. This time a year ago, the team was getting ready to go on a great run in the postseason. Due to a freak injury, you couldn't be a part of that. How excited are you to, to be a huge part of it this season? I'm really excited. You know, finish uh, the season strong. Uh, starting uh, the playoff, I think is going to be excited for me. This is going to be my first time pitching the playoff. Then... I just uh, talked to a couple guys and uh, they told me it's mm, same baseball, nothing different. Yeah, too, too different. It's going to be more people. It's going to be more 10 on the game right there because it's a playoff. Then, um, but uh, pretty much it's going to be the same baseball. So in there I had to throw the right pitches and at the right time. I already talked to some uh, my teammates and Mickey. How do I can adjust that, you know, postseason, the way that uh, I need to pitch in there. And then they told me, as soon as you go over there, you're going to find out you sell in there when you throw your first pitch, and then you go from there. Now, Carlos, a, a great final start to the regular season for you, and I'm sure many good things coming in the, the next month or so in postseason. Thanks so much for coming by. All right. Thank you for having me. That's Indians pitcher Carlos Carrasco, who's had a career-best year here in 2017. And after missing postseason a year ago, he is chomping at the bit to get at it as the Indians will play in the American League Division Series starting next Thursday. Stay tuned. When we return, we'll hear from Indians bench coach Brad Mills and hitting coach Ty Van Berkleo. That's as Tribe Talk continues right here on the Cleveland Clinic, Indians Radio Network. Miller works third base side of the rubber. The 6-7 lefty lets it fly. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Got him with that wicked slider. And the Indians pitchers tonight finish with 13 strikeouts as Miller gets Smith to end it. So the Indians with a 10-1 pummeling of the Chicago White Sox have their second best season ever win-wise. This was win number 101. Only the great 54 Indians eclipsed that with 111 wins in a 154-game season. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Indians playing the White Sox this weekend to wrap up the regular season. And one of the stories that everyone's keeping an eye on is the transition to center field for former second baseman for the Tribe, Jason Kipnis and so far it seems like it has gone well and we had a chance to visit with Indians bench coach and outfield instructor Brad Mills to get his thoughts on the progress of Jason Kipnis and he says the early observations are good. Well first of all he's gone about it the right way I mean he's worked hard at it um, he's come out and he's uh, taken balls off the bat he's taken balls off the fungo and 
the effort that he's given has uh, has really been good, and it's allow, allowed him to really improve over the last five or six days. Um, and we're hoping that continues to improve. We'd like to see a, a major improvement, uh, obviously, as, as, as we move forward these last three games and, and see where we're at. But the way he's improved, the way he's gone about his business has, has been very good. What are you seeing as the biggest challenges for him so far and, and what he might need to do to, to really be strong out there come postseason? Well, it's, it's, you know, we can talk about experiences all you want, but seeing balls off the bat, getting jumps, which he has. He's gotten good jumps. And, but just getting reads and, and how much the ball is going to carry, who's the hitter, who the, who's the pitcher, and uh, being able to react to those balls. And, and we're also working on his depths a little bit from, uh, from being out there uh, and not being out there much is, is, is one of the biggest things we're working on right now. And you mentioned that, and, and having some games here between now and the end of the season, yes, you want to win those games, obviously, but can you experiment a little bit with what makes him more comfortable than, than maybe being in or, or too far back? Well, the experience, the experiments, as you're, as you're talking about, kind of relates to almost each inning, sitting sitting with him uh, on the bench after he gets a ball or after he sees a couple swings, uh, a couple balls hit well off the, off the bat, a couple big swings, and maybe a ball off the end of the bat or a ball off the handle. How, how is he reacting to those balls? And the, the uh, so what happens is in between innings on the bench, we talk about his depths. You know, what do you think about playing here? What do you think about there? Where you were? Did you like where you were? Did you feel comfortable there? And maybe making adjustments from there as, as we move forward. Not that long ago, Lonnie Chisholm made a similar switch from infield to outfield. And I know every case is different, but does it come down to just good athletic ability that, that can really help a, a player in that situation? Well, there's no doubt that he is a good athlete, and he has the ability to play out there. He's played out there before, and he's made adjustments so far and improvements so far, like I said, over the last six games. So if we can continue to make that progress, and there's no doubt that he's a good athlete, and that is definitely helping helping him make those adjustments. And obviously the work ethic is there. How do you balance work ethic with with managing the hamstring issue that he had before and, and just making sure he doesn't overdo it? Well, we're kind of working through that uh, on a on a daily basis, really, asking him how does it feel, how you, you know, if you play here, um, you know, are you going to be able to get to these balls and a ball that's hit over your head if you're playing in, are you going to be able to get after it to go get it, a ball to the sides. So we're trying to kind of weigh all of those things when we do position it. All right, Brad, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Okay, you bet, Rosie. That's Indians bench coach Brad Mills with some thoughts on the challenges facing Jason Kipnis as he makes that transition to center field, a move that so far has gone very well for the Indians and for Kipnis. Now, for the Tribe, certainly a big part of what they do in the postseason will be offensively as they have been a juggernaut down the stretch here. So many key hitters red hot in the season's final month plus. Ty Van Berkleo is the Indians hitting coach, and when we visited with him yesterday, he talked about what he's seeing from the Indians hitters that's extremely encouraging as the team moves closer to the postseason. Just, I mean, the way guys are playing selflessly and just really, uh, you know, playing as a team and as a unit and just trying to, you know, pass that that torch to the next guy. And, uh, you know, some guys have really gotten hot through that streak, and, um, you know, it's just been kind of contagious. You know, Eddie's been swinging the bat great. Uh, Ramirez, Lindor, we've just had so many guys really swing the bat well, Santana on down. 
You hear a lot of hitting coaches talk about that one through nine approach and, and being able to pass that baton. But how hard is it for a hitter sometimes to go up to the plate and, and say, you know what, it's okay to get a ground ball to the right side to move a guy instead of trying to hit a three-run home run? No, I think, I mean, the good teams understand how to execute. And it's not necessarily, you know, just hitting a ground ball with a guy on second and nobody out. It's, it's looking to drive the ball to the right side. You know, it could be a double and it sets it up for the next guy. So it's just uh, doing your job and looking, you know, not just giving the at-bat away, but actually making it a productive at-bat. It could be a deep fly ball to right. It could be a ground ball, you know, right at the second baseman, but it could be a ball in the gap as well. It's just that approach of attacking the ball and looking to use that side of the field. A lot of teams like their double play combo to be solid defensively and whatever they get offensively is fine, but how impressed have you been with Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor as a tandem? Oh, they're unbelievable, you know, just defensively, but what they both bring offensively is really, it's amazing. And, you know, you look nowadays, uh, there's some good hitting second baseman out there and there's some good hitting shortstops out there, but I think we have two of the best in the middle in the game. And as young hitters, what's allowed them to, to advance so quickly and, and have success at such a young age? Well, I think, one, they're very talented, but, uh, you know, just the fact of, of playing baseball at this level and, and getting through the league, you know, for a couple years and really starting to believe that, hey, I'm a pretty good player, and that confidence just kind of carries through. And, you know, they bring it up there to the offense. And you can tell those guys are really confident up there when, and, and know what they're doing. That's Indians hitting coach Ty Van Berkleyo, hitting coach for a ball club that once again will finish at or near the top in the American League in terms of runs scored. Stay tuned. When we return, it's our final segment, the Weekly Farm Report with Indians Director of Player Development James Harris as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. It's our final segment from Progressive Field. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. And each week we visit with James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development, the weekly farm report. And the minor league seasons are complete, but still several of the Indians' young prospects are going through their paces, trying to improve as part of the Indians' fall development program and also the Instructional League, which takes place out in Goodyear, Arizona. And uh, the fall development program actually began when the Indians were on their last homestand of the season. And uh, James Harris says that uh, it is a, a vital program because of what the young players can see in terms of the big league players that they come in contact with during that program here at Progressive Field. Yeah, our fall development program actually takes guys in our system that could easily be with our major league club in the next two to three years. Um, guys who participate in this program last year are guys like Greg Allen and Francisco Mejia. So it's really important that we, we get those guys in, see Cleveland, visit with our major league staff, see our players work, and be able to spend some one-on-one time um, looking into this offseason uh, as they develop. Like This could be a really big offseason uh, for the 2018 Cleveland Indian uh, roster. And, and certainly you can't plan it when you plan the dates to have them in town at Progressive Field, but they just so happened to be there when the Indians clinched the American League Central Division and, and then we're celebrating that Sunday. What was that like for some of those kids? It's incredible. I mean, you can say that uh, you can't plan it, but us in player development, we think we might be able to, to pull a few strings, but uh, it was a, it was a fun environment. 
it was a opportunity for guys to see what they're working for. You're not just working to, to make a major league club. You're you're working to be a championship player and, and play for championships. And it was it was great. Uh, our our major league players and our coaches are great role models for people in the minor leagues. And it wasn't just good for our players. It was good for the staff. It was good for myself. It was a great environment to feel connected uh, to success and know that success is it comes with hard work. It doesn't just you don't just show up. You, it has to happen uh, through the through practice and what happens on the field. And you mentioned some interaction with with players and coaches from the at the big league level. Who are some of the the current Cleveland Indians, uh, whether it be players, coaches, manager Terry Francona, who take an interest and really participate in this to to help I guess pay it forward, so to speak, to some of the younger kids. Yeah, I think it starts at the top. They got to spend time with Chris Antonetti, our president, Mike Chernoff, our general manager. Uh, they came in and spent time with Tito. Mickey Calloway, Kluber, and Tomlin, they got to see quite a few, few of our guys work. It doesn't get much better than that. If you were going to draw up a list of who you wanted to have the players spend time experiencing, and those guys took time out of their schedules during this crazy time for our organization to show the importance of the development of our players. It was very special. James Harris joining us, Indians Director of Player Development. So you have the, the fall development program at the tail end of that last homestand and then on into the next week for a little bit. And then you fly them all out to Goodyear, Arizona, and the Indians Spring Training Complex there for Instructional League. And uh, for fans who don't know, explain what Instructional League is all about in terms of, of whether they play games or if it's just strictly drills and workouts in the mornings or afternoons. How does it all work? So every player... In instruction league was just drafted or acquired um, in June for most of them. Um, so this is their first real experience to basically slow the game down and actually learn the fundamentals of the game, be able to learn the, the characteristics and things that, that make us successful, being able to, to spend time with our coordinators and coaches on the development of each individual person's game. Now, when we draft them, we do a little bit of an orientation, we spend a few days trying to help them uh, learn what professional baseball is like, and then they play for two and a half months. And then we come back in Arizona now, and we slow everything down, and we start from scratch again. They kind of lay the groundwork, lay the foundation for these players to have a great professional career. And when this is done, is that when a break finally comes before spring training, or do you send them – on their way with, with some specific things to work on in the off season, maybe from a, a strength and conditioning standpoint. Yeah, the, the crazy thing about baseball is, is people talk a lot about the off season, but the off season is just a season that you don't play games. There's two seasons in baseball. There's a season you play games and a season you don't play games. And in that season you don't play games, there is a little bit of rest initially, but then it's time to pick it back up, and it starts with strength and conditioning. It starts with, with mobility and, and flexibility, and then – on top of that, and then you start to stack the, the baseball skills back on it as you go in the spring. So it is a year-round job. I mean, even rest is work. So it's a part of a year where you have to have some downtime because a lot of these guys are, I mean, the position players are throwing almost every day. So it's a year-round program. Um, there's not really any off time per se, um, but they're getting ready for 2018 season as of now. And the Instructional League takes place at, at the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. Fans who go out for spring training, I'm sure many of them just see Goodyear Ballpark where the games are played, but I know many make their way over to the complex 
and uh, check out morning workouts where, where the Indians really get a lot of work done. And it sounds like major changes going on over there. How's the construction project and renovation project of the complex going out in Goodyear? Yeah, the, the, con- the complex is coming along great. Uh, we're expanding the weight room. There's some expanded dining facilities. Um, there's some, some things that are happening on the major league side as well as the, the minor league side. Uh, it's a, that's our home. We spend a lot of time in that facility, um, and from a development standpoint, we have upwards of 50 players in there year-round. So it's a, it's a place where our guys can get stronger, get in better condition, learn the game of baseball, practice the game of baseball. Our injured players go back there to, to, to rehab. Um, we're really excited about the things that we'll be able to do as the, the new facility comes online. Some good insider information right there from James Harris, our Director of Player Development. Well, James, hey, it's been a lot of fun catching up with you on a weekly basis throughout the season. We'll take a little break. We'll rest up and and, uh, get ready for for next season, too. But we'll check in from time to time to see what's going on. And thanks for all of your help over the course of the season. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy spending time with you and and telling the fans about what's happening in, in the minor leagues. That's Indians Director of Player Development, James Harris, and that's our weekly farm report. And that'll do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always. We will join you next week. We are not sure where, but the Indians will have an off day in the American League Division Series next Saturday when we record our show, and we will be on the road, whether it's New York or Minnesota or potentially Boston. And those are the uh, three opponents heading into play on Saturday that the Indians could possibly be playing in the first round of the American League Division Series. But great to have Tribe Talk during the postseason, and that'll be the case next weekend. So until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.